Hello and welcome back to Gunther Dust Memories. On my left, I've got regular contributor. Oh, oh <laughs> no. You can't demur me to a regular contributor. Oh, After, we literally just said, now that Owen's the host, but... And on my right... <laughs> oh, do you a special guest. Special guest. Mascot. Jim Farmer. This is great. I mean, I've never been on a Gundam podcast before. I'm more of a Transformers guy, but happy to contribute. Well, I'm happy you both Ooh. decided to come along Ooh. and join me on my little show. On oh, this, this is Bean Machine. Is this how you finally got Jim? <laughs> on a movie the cage machine. comes down. Oh, I've been trapped. So yes, as you can hear, special guest Mechagamezilla is back on GDM, along yeah. with your two regular wonderful hosts. Hi, it's Barry here. And it's Jim as well. Hi everyone. We've decided like Owen is such a regular feature that he's one of the you're one of the team now, Owen. Mm, maybe one more. <laughs> See uh, here's your, your non committal thing. <laughs> if I'm not really part of it, then I don't have to care about it. That's not true though. I care about GDM. Doesn't work very well. I'm ve- so. I'm if I can get mushy for a moment, I'm very proud of what GDM has done. When I see all the people talking about it and tweeting it, it's, uh, this is one of those things that should go at the end of a podcast because it's mushy. But Aww. keep those messages coming in. Keep showing us the pictures of your Aww. kits. It's yeah. a beautiful Yeah, thing. I love it. It's great seeing other people enjoy the hobby. I really enjoy it. With that said. Mm-hmm. What's that? We've got a great show in store for you we do we do, do. we got <laughs> got all radio that's good like, one in the hot seat it's going well it's going couple well. of tunes from the Supremes coming up as well um, <laughs> we've got news yes which we should probably start with yeah, and we've sure. got kit discussion yes we do and we'll be answering your questions and we'll be talking about Robot bully. <laughs> Robo bully obviously I was going to see it bring up something else but actually that's very oh. important that's a big I've had a tough week. Uh, so we'll also be talking about War in the Pocket. Mm. So mm. stay tuned for all of that. We've got a God, what, in that as well. What a show we've got for you. What a succinct intro. That's <laughs> for once, I feel like it's been a bit of a slow. Well, maybe not slow, but we don't have a lot of news. Uh, did yeah. we? Because our last episode wasn't that long ago. Is this Christmas. our shortest gap between episodes? Mm. Maybe. I think so. Yep. We're this is only like the fifth episode. Now what was it you, got, you were saying the other day the first episode is from 2014. Yeah, yeah. Now that we've got Owen on staff, he's picking up the pace. He's been whipping <laughs> his into shape. Getting his... The bullying hasn't gone away. That's something that hasn't changed. <laughs> hmm. um, so something that's, that came up that we thought we'd talk about is a few months back, um, they announced that there would be an, another uh, Gundam Unicorn novel to sort of... Yep. I, I don't know. It's hard to, hard to find information about it because... The novels are... I remember even when Unicorn was airing, not that I was going looking for spoilers, but, I mean, for a story that had been finished in the novels yeah. way before the anime, there was zero spoilers. I think there's this weird kind of blockage where the novels don't really make it across to yeah, the, Western Twitter or the, general internet. The, anime, the OVAs started as an adaptation and then over time changed quite a lot. I mean, uh, infamously, the guy who wrote the novels is pretty much... The Japanese equivalent of UKIP. I can't remember the name of the political party, but there's basically <laughs> one man. There is basically there. He's, he's Japan, Nigel Farage. Nigel Farage of Japan, but David, what's his name? Angry Toasters guy. <laughs> David. Oh, what's his name? Coburn. David, David Coburn. Coburn no. Scottish MP. There. So he's the Japanese equivalent of, David of a Scottish Coburn. MP who's after my great intro. Now it was like <laughs> oh, straight on to the EU. Ramblings, ramblings begin. But anyway, um. 
The guy who authored the uh, Unicorn novels um, is a member of a Japanese political party. I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically called Foreigners Go Home um, or something. I mean, lost so that, in, that's why we never got lost the in translation, perhaps. But um, he hates foreigners, and one of the the lost in translation part is before. foreigners welcome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just been a terrible misunderstanding, but. It's been terrible for the tourism board. Perhaps not a misunderstanding because one of the unicorn novels is about how Muslims are evil and terrorists and things like that, uh, which mercifully did not make it to the OVA. Um, if you recall the episode with the mobile armor um, when Benaja runs away from uh, the Argama and he's uh, in the, the desert. The Torrington episode. Yep, the Torrington episode. That one, the Torrington base episode, that went considerably different in the book um, and had quite racist under undertones or overtones I'm not sure I've not, obviously I've never read it but everyone's people... looking around the room shifting in their seats <laughs> I feel like people seem to folks seem to get away with stuff like this in books it seems to fly under the radar a lot in books because nobody's reading books I remember, the, I remember the first time I read Dracula and there's that chat where he gets stabbed and he bleeds gold coins it's like how is how how did this it's a classic I guess that's like very very old yeah. but still yeah, old, old books because like, you get so used to adaptions of certain old stories that when the bits that usually don't make it into the mm. big Hollywood <laughs> film like the uh, so you're telling us that the, the unicorn novels are horrible. I, I think we're racist off. tomes. We're better of, off with the OVAs. And guys, the we're losing a racist audience. Come, <laughs> <laughs> come, come! No, actually, no. Um, so they're doing it. Well, they're writing another novel, which you'd have to assume will be will take place after the last one. So I guess maybe yeah, some sort of that'd be interesting. It epilogue. could be a, a bridge, or well, maybe that well it doesn't really need to bridge to. F91, I guess, but um, it'd be good to see what they got up to. I would like to see Minerva and uh, Benaja living happily one, ever one after. One thing I saw, the, the, perhaps the most worrying is people talking about how it could bridge to Hathaway's Flash. <laughs> oh, like, no, don't, I'm okay. No, I don't want to see that Pass. bright moustache. I'm not ready for oh, it. Oh, these um, famously, well, not famously, but in the, uh, what's it called? Oh, Beltorchica's Children, the mm. manga adaptation, which has been getting translated slowly. Um, Bright has a full beard, and it actually kind of suits him. That's kind of so cool. Maybe I don't know. I, like I could that. maybe get used to Bright, Bright with a moustache. Just not the wee, <laughs> the wee tickler, the Ronnie. Oofed. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then after like just the last week, I think they announced that they're going to be sort of readapting the Unicorn OVAs into a six-month series. Which will be adding some new stuff, yeah, as I mean, well as sort of redoing some stuff. Wonder if they'll wonder how much they'll change the story. Well, there's a all. lot. There's a lot of stuff, I believe, from sort of around the OVAs that they might put in stuff like um, about the origins of Sananju, like the, the oh yeah, stealing the Sananju Stein and yeah, turn it into a, not a Gundam, I guess. But. The full frontal thing was never really explained. In the well, yeah, someone well. you find out who's pulling full frontal. One thing I already saw that they yeah, will yeah, be. <laughs> Adding in is a giant gold statue of Judo. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense, actually. <laughs> that um, it's going to replace the cross in the church that they yeah, visit. That's that actually, that is what's in Lapis. It's old, box. old Judo, though, <laughs> when he's an old man. Um, so that should be pretty interesting. Yeah, um, it'll, ha- it'll have an OP and an ED as well, which should be good. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Is yeah. Sawano involved at all? Or? Uh, yeah, he you is. Have to, you, I imagine as well there'll be... There'll be new music being written oh, for it great. as well if they're spinning into that. a series. wonder if they could maybe fix it so that a certain major character who died at the start of the last episode could not die needlessly. 
that would be good. Steady on. I'm just quite. I'm still kind of. Spo- that was the one spoilers, thing. Without spoilers, saying you saying who it was, there's a character who gets fridged quite early on in the last episode for no reason, and it kind of annoyed me. <laughs> Come on now. That's there's always war. a reason. If there's if there's no if there's no new type ghosts to advance the emotional storyline of the character. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose you could argue that Ryu's death was needless or. Anyway, look at yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I guess the one to fill. I mean, I'm interested to see what else comes out this year. Gundam wise, I guess that's at the very least. At the very least, that's an excuse to revisit Unicorn, which will always be good. Are you caught up with Iron Blooded Orphans? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've, um, it's been going pretty well, I think. The thing uh, that surprises me is just how many kits are coming out. And it's like for most of those high grade kits that are coming out, maybe half of them are getting like no grade, like 1 100 releases oh, as well. Yeah. Like Chimeras and all that, the, all the. Just so yeah. many. It's kind of, it seems to be getting a, a slip. Um, I reckon Geisley got quite a lot of kits as well, and I think no one it bought did. those. It did get a lot um, of kits. And the designs, I actually really liked a lot of the designs in Wrecking Geisley, but I can't imagine they sold very well, because a lot of them were pretty far out there. I think maybe um, someone implied that some of them might have been designed so awkwardly that they couldn't be turned into plastic models, because someone may or may not. G-Record kits seem to be the ones that, if you see a pile of unsold gunplay in a yeah. shop... It, they tend to be G Reco yeah, well, more it's than always, um, anything else. Just the mugs. Whenever Hobby Link's doing a sale, it seems to be like they're trying to get rid of the Janums and stuff for pennies. And I worry that with like them. recent series like IBO and G Reco, there's so many suits that you don't really have time to become attached to that's, certain yeah, designs. Suits yeah, are yeah. constantly being replaced by their upgraded versions. Mm-hmm. I've seen some stuff kind of uh, IBO that I don't really like as well. What's that kind of upgraded Barbatos? Like oh, the more... Barbatos forms, yeah. Just over uh, the course. It's kind of similar. The one with the, the kind of big armour and the big dinosaur club. I'm not really I don't really like that one, but that same kit comes with one that basically gives the Barbatos rocket launchers on its shoulders, which cool. is actually kind of liked. But I don't like the I don't like the armour that the litter picker dinosaur one has. <laughs> <laughs> like those things you get when you drop your lighter down the side of the cooker. Yeah, well that's the thing is you guys haven't been keeping up, but um, they actually decided they didn't want to go back to Earth they decided just to get into the space uh, rubbish collection business you know cutting about in space and high-vis jackets space, picking up space the, grabbing the, picking up the big, Hubble telescope <laughs> what was this? big giant packet of salt and vinegar crisps <laughs> from the in the bin picking up all the space rubbish what a double Z episode <laughs> oh you're the Owen oh, take charge here you're, you're the host tell oh, yeah, just, just, uh, just take it we're easy not, guys we're not tolerating that kind of talk on this podcast anymore <laughs> Hey, I can it? chair the great Gundam Wing debate and just go, yes, Jim, that's right, it is bad. <laughs> no, Barry, I'm afraid you're wrong. Lower the levels on Barry's microphone. Just and then I drop Barry into a big tub of water. I feel like I feel like we talk about Wing being bad too much. I think it's unfair. I've decided. We've changed our mind now. now Jim, you're, now ha- Jim you're having a wobble. I, I like being the underdog now that I'm on top. I feel bad, though. Well, <laughs> I'll let you find a new series to hate or get really aggressive about G Reco. <laughs> well, that's we, the thing is G Reco's not. We were uh, we were watching we were watching all the Gundam OPs on YouTube earlier, and we're getting incredibly annoyed. At, like I, I think we we decided that the biggest disparity between how good the OP is and how bad the show is is definitely G Gundam because the OPs are so good yeah. and they make it look so good. <laughs> 
but then the reality of like the animation quality episode to episode is just like yeah it's pretty <sighs> bad I'd say yeah like the wing OPs are like very well I'm not I know we just said it but well yeah the wing like OPs are so high quality as well and and again the episode to episode animation quality is abysmal <laughs> well the Gundam wing OPs is what made me go no this can't be bad because I loved the OP so much. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it. I'm yeah. gonna think it's okay. And well, the OPs were good. I really, yeah. I really like. Um, speaking of Wrecking Geist, I really like Wrecking Geist's first ending, which was supposed to be its first opening, but oh, really? because yeah, it was um, just something between the production company and uh, a record company. That they were like, we can't sell this. Yeah, like Tomino got forced to stick. Some pop, like the first OP for Wrecking Geese is a pop song that has just got a montage on top of it, and Tomino didn't really want it. And it was the ED of Wrecking Geese that was supposed to be the opening, which is it seemed quite uncharacteristic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that would have been a really cool introduction. To, uh, need, it needs to, it needs to have PV, it needs something you can stick a PV. <laughs> or you're, you can't do anything. And back to Kits a second. I noticed we're doing those uh, anime adapt anime versions of the Thunderbolt high grades. Yeah. I'm trying um, to figure out what the difference is. Because the only negative thing about those Thunderbolt kits is they come with too many stickers. Like, the sticker sheets are massive. And they're the bad, big, one-color stickers yeah. to cover up poor color yeah, separation. I thought they were reissues at first, but they are actually brand new molds. But just quite subtly different. Which is kind of interesting. Like someone put the someone put the pictures. I don't think they're actually out yet, so no one can directly compare. But ah, there's the two pictures of the Zaku. Yeah, the pictures mm. of the Zaku side by side. But that big gun Zaku is coming first. I really like that Psycho Zaku. The only oh. reason I didn't buy it is because it's a sticker fest. Like there's so <laughs> many stickers, but yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, all they say like, oh, you know, you don't like stickers, just paint it. It's like, aye, but you need to mask tiny wee bits in that, and like, it's... did everyone enjoy watching Thunderbolt on Christmas Day? I still haven't seen it, but I'm um, excited. You check to. It out. It's really good. It's really short, so it's shorter than it's even shorter than an episode of a normal Gundam anime. But the animation quality is really good. I really too. like it. The style is very, very mm-hmm. nice. It's good stuff. Gundam Breaker Three. Oh, Yee. yep. Uh, it's so anyone who's not played the Gundam Breaker series before, we should probably give a brief talk, talked about oh, it yeah. before. So yeah, it's basically gunplay the game. Um, you build and collect uh, and fight. Gundam models and they give you true freedom as Majin Kawaguchi um, would like um, so you can stick anything on anything uh, you can even combine grades and stuff and make crazy Frankenstein yeah the wing zero wings on the capul yeah <laughs> stuff like that's crazy but um, they're bringing out not only are they bringing out Gundam Breaker 3 um, soon um, with some brand new features that seem pretty cool like ST Gundams and being able to individually resize parts and stuff like that Oh, and weapon binders, which is quite cool. It's like um, Way of the Samurai when you can get yourself a hat but make it really far away from ah, you and giant. I've never <laughs> played Way of the Samurai, but now I kind of want it. Out, man. But out. yeah, um, they're bringing it out in English. Um, they also gave Extreme versus Force that treatment, but Extreme versus Force isn't good. So this is one to be more oh. excited about. <laughs> well, it's, I've not played it, but I've heard that it's very underwhelming. Um, and it's, um, yeah, Breaker 3 seems to have reviewed pretty well, yeah. at least in Japan, so... But yeah, um, if you're looking for a Gundam game, um, Gundam Breaker 2, even just in Japanese. The thing you were saying that really stuck with me is like it's a good tool to kind of test kit bashes. Which oh is, yeah, yeah, because you can um, you can pretty much stick anything on anything, and you can individual the level of in Gundam Breaker 2. It was great. I can only imagine it's got better for three, but you could individually paint parts of 
just an arm or a can leg. Can you recolor parts then? Yeah, you can recolor completely recolor parts Sweet. in individual sections of a part as well. So you might say, mm. I've got our Zaku's right arm, I'm going to colour the pauldron pink, and I'm going to colour the upper arm I'm red. I'm going to make a, an entirely black Epion. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> you can just do crazy stuff. Like on my go-to kit for a lot of Gundam Breaker 2 was a bear guy with the Zeong's skirt, so it had no legs, and it just kind of hovered around and <laughs> shot people, and it was really good. And I had Gundam Breaker 2 had the Gundam Cafe level, which was great. So you could mm. take cover behind that Gundam coffee Very cup. Very nostalgic. And, and if I was to buy Gundam Breaker 3, where would be the best place for me um, to order that? It's in? getting English. It's getting. I think it's getting the same as VS Force, which is, oh, is uh, an Asian release with English subtitles, which right. is usually kind of. I think it's. I just assumed it'd be going up on PSN. Like I, I didn't think it would. See, um, I think you could just buy it off PSN. But um, well, what I made the mistake of doing is I was going to moan about that for you, but well too long i'll try and keep it short but wow. accidentally or i ordered it off yes Asia. well so you could get off yes asia or play asia i think it just depends on what you prefer um but oh we're not go there you could get it <laughs> you could get off yes asia or play asia i think yes asia yes asia is slightly cheaper in the uk um but basically what happened to me was i put in an order for gundam breaker 3 about two or three days before they announced the english version and they said no refunds, so I'm stuck with a Japanese version. Thanks, Jim. Good stuff. Thanks for sharing that. That's good. What Uh-oh. I'm saying is, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, you got now you got to just wait for English releases before jumping in for the Japanese. But Gundam Breaker Two was just all Katakana, so if you can read Katakana, you can blunder your way through the game. Mm. If you can't be bored waiting for the English release. Mm. So that's April that's coming out, I believe, mm-hmm. the English one. So yeah, should be good. Not long to wait. So let's talk about some Gunpla. Um, yeah. Jim, your your kit, your kit building spree has quietened right down. Yeah, no, well... No 20 kits built. His heart's not in anymore. I know, I've given, given up. up. I've, I've, I've you moved thinking. recently, didn't you? Yeah, so I moved house. So how, how was moving all your Gundams? Was it incredibly it was actually, stressful? It, it went better than I thought it was going to go. I was really... That was the... Honestly, like of all the things in moving my house, the idea of taking apart my Gundams, my Gundams, my Gundams, and my Detolf, that was kind of wasn't looking forward to it. It actually went fine. So did you dismantle the Detolf? Yeah, then? I took it completely apart, and then Ooh. I'm on. I've moved from a ground floor ground floor flat. I'm trying to say that three times fast. I've moved from a ground floor flat to a third floor flat. So I had to carry the parts of the Detolf up three flights of stairs and massive sheets of glass. It was quite a struggle but I made it up and it was actually pretty fun because once I got back to my new house I was able to take all my Gundam and just repose them into new poses and I took a couple yeah, of them and didn't, I was like, didn't you get like 12 on one shelf yeah I kind of went big um, achievement. I went a bit silly I was I put every single Gundam on the top tier good. of a dead off I went Gundam uh, daft I, I basically yeah and now it looks like um, the cover of an extreme versus game where every Gundam is fighting for your I mean, attention I've got four on that top shelf and I feel like even that's a struggle <laughs> But yeah, um, Wait, you have 12 on one death mm-hmm. show? I'll, I'll share the photographs um, with the oh podcast God. just in case someone wants to have a look. But um, just, yeah. a, just in a pile. It was great because there was kits I hadn't looked at in ages and now I got a chance when I was unpacking I got to see, oh, there's my turn A or there's my crossbone and then played about with it, played about with accessories, put it in the new poses. <laughs> <laughs> good times, good times. I'm picturing um, your poor girlfriend like, Carrying a sofa <laughs> or trying to reassemble the bed while you're and you're going, like, look, it's turning. We don't have yeah, we don't have electricity or gas, but look, it's the it moonlight butterfly. 
So what, what kit have you managed yeah, to so build? The, the your... kit I built before I moved house was the HG Barbatos. So I'm not actually that much of a fan of the Barbatos and its default colour scheme. So mm. I decided to do was give it a little bit of a, a custom job. Not anything extreme, but... Um, yeah, you did some dry brushing and stuff. On yeah, that, I did right? some dry brushing. Um, Explain dry brushing as a yeah, technique. Yeah, so for it's um, very simple and it can have... A pretty good effect. I I really like doing it now that I've kind of got used to it. I like doing it on anything that would be in I say in real life, but obviously hmm. Gundam sadly isn't real. <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting but there. Well, yeah, we're getting closer. Hey man, anime Janai. Anime Janai. But um so the idea is you take uh it depends on what you want it to do. You could maybe have some rust or some metallic effects or some weathering. But the idea is you take just a sm- you take a you get your brush fairly wet with paint. And then just take a piece of paper or a paper towel or whatever and just kind of brush it back and forth, back and forth until basically no paint is coming off the brush. Um, so basically what will happen is there'll still be paint on the brush, but it just won't be easily wiping off onto the paper. And what you can do then is just, with a wee bit of force, just apply the dry brush, hence the name, uh, to usually what you do is you go along the edges of the kit. So the idea is... Um, in real life, when something's weathered or it's got some kind of metallic effect, um, it's the edges that um, are yeah. most affected. Um, so if you go along the edges, you kind of get that weathering effect. So for the Barbatos, what I did was the Barbatos has a inner frame, like a grey inner frame. And what I did to make it look more metallic and gritty, uh, I just got some silver paint, dried it out, and then just scraped along it. And it made it look a bit more like it was a bit of weathered metal. Um, it's weird because they have they have that gunmetal color yeah. that they use for a lot of high grades. So I don't know why they just I don't know why they still do some inner frames and just that grey. Yeah, color. but it was grey plastic. But I say they'll make it a bit more metallic. And then I also got some copper and dried that out and just took a couple of edges and just made it look like there's some rust on it as well. Cool. Sounds like someone's going down the Warhammer Forty K route. But yeah, also I painted the torso completely black, which is. An idea I copied off, um, yep. Me and Owen are throwing edgy. the horns right now. It wasn't so much edgy as Weird. it was inspired <laughs> by a friend of the show, Saim Ahmed. <laughs> Did you say metallic effects or Metallica? Metallica. <laughs> but um, Saim Ahmed, who is a friend of the show, um, he had the idea of painting the Barbatos in the new Gundam colour scheme, which is a black torso. So I kind of just did something quite similar to what he did and painted it black um, on the chest and gave it like a a bit of red on the lower body. Uh, and then I also had some gold spray paint left over from an infamous incident that happened last year where Fucking Donkey Kong I tried to spray paint a Donkey Kong amiibo gold and then put on too many layers and he wouldn't dry. So now... A uh, melting golden... It's not even he wouldn't Kong. dry. He isn't dry. He still isn't. To this day. This isn't a, that's, still tacky. That's not a joke. Is was spray painted in August last year and the guy who now has the golden Donkey Kong told me a few weeks ago that it's still not dry and is wife will occasionally move out of the way to clean a shelf and get an uh, unpleasant surprise when she finds out it's oh still dear. sticky. W- wouldn't you love if the story of King Midas, about <laughs> someone who got the touch and everything he touched had that horrible cheap gold spray? It didn't turn to gold, it was just covered in <laughs> a constantly wet gold that's, finish. Well, that's even worse than the original story. <laughs> he touches his children and they're just like, oh uh, my God. So that's, like, that's a pro painting tip as well. If you use spray paint, only put on, I don't know, two or three coats at one time. <laughs> only put on the right amount. Only put on the right amount. <laughs> Strong advice. From pro tips pro from tip. GDM. <laughs> Do it correctly. So how was the actual <laughs> kit? I mean, these I got the the Grace Kai too, and it's interesting that you know such cheap high grade kits have an inner frame. Oh, that's, that's great! That's how really far we've come. I think it's really fun to make some. So the 
the instructions for the Barbasaurus tell you to basically build parts of the frame and the armor at the same time. But what you can do is, similar in RG, you can build the frame and then snap all the armor on at the mm -hmm. end, um, which is what I did. Um, if you're feeling a bit more confident, you feel like you can go off track with the instructions, you feel like you're comfortable doing Just that, I'd recommend it. Because it's on the subject of the instructions, I noticed that all the stuff's translated in the Grey Sky 2 manual. Oh, is that right? Like I all just... the symbols and stuff. They're not translated page by page, but at the start in the glossary, there's oh, English translations of everything in there. The right? was, but I think that might be the case. They know, they know. They know it's becoming a big, a big deal over here. And you're all very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yep, leave it to us. But, um, so yeah, um, it's a really fun kit. It looks great. Um, you were very, saying the, the most popular high grade ever in Japan. Yeah, them, well. so um, if there's a company in America called Blue Flynn. Blue Flynn? Blue Finn. I'm getting my words mixed up today. I'm not doing Blue well. Finn. Blue Finn Distribution, mm -hmm. um, who are responsible for getting most of the gunpla out to American fans. Um, and they have access to Bandai sales data. Um, and they just, it wasn't a secret or anything, they just shared it with the fan base that. The Barbatos has actually outsold pretty much any um, other high-grade kit ever in the West. And I think, despite being out for a fraction of the time, um, it's actually sold more than the Build Strike and the Build Burning combined in less time, which is kind of interesting. I don't know how the rest mm. of the uh, Iron Blooded Orphans kits have done, but the Barbatos specifically seems to be very popular, which is quite exciting. Um, might see... Did they have that whole kind of hype generation thing leading up yeah. to Iron Blood Orphans against? Yeah, it could be a good sign for getting some more official kits So, more of a kind of master grade, real grade build dynamic then. Yeah, these, yeah. These I think the high grades, it's almost like every every line of kits now is um, getting the uh, the inner frame treatment. I think it works really well. It makes the kits more exciting to build anyway. It's always kind of hard to judge colour separation with like a main suit because there's only like three, mm. four mm. colours on it anyway, but I mean, it's pretty, I feel like it's a good... Yeah, um, I think... Doesn't skimp anywhere, or...? Uh, there's a there's a fair amount of stickers on it, but I didn't use them, because uh, I painted the parts that would have had stickers. Uh, the little power the little power symbols, I call them, that the Barbatos has got on its shoulders uh -huh. and its legs, those are stickers. Um, oh, that's sure. And there's a couple of little small stickers for detailing, but again, I just painted it, but... Tell you what, opened that, that Revive Cubely. The see the wee tiny wee sticker sheet in that. Yeah, oh, that's great. That makes me want to pick up the cube. That reminds me. How the, good does that? Sorry, just energy. How good does that revive Gan look? It looks so good. Uh, I'll be I'm very I excited. Get it, revive Gan. Sorry, you were saying. You were saying. Uh, maybe I should wait until I'm talking about the oh, Revive Cube. Let's just go for it. But uh, seamless. The the little sticker sheet that came with the Revive Cube mm. had an option of. Pink cubelay eyes, yes, or green cubelay oh. eyes, and I was trying to Google and I was doing a browse through Zeta trying to remember where were the where were the green cubelay eyes, and I almost asked Twitter if anyone listening <laughs> can get back to me on why the green option for the cubelay eyes. Let me know. Get back to me. Okay. Right. So you've you you built the you done with the Barbatos? Sorry. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. You done? Very. You done? You done you me? <laughs> No, uh, yeah, highly recommend it. One of the most fun. So cheap as well. Like. Very, very cheap. Get it. You can get it anywhere. Um, I think you can even. We were saying Forbidden Planet, like yeah, our, our for... kind of local Forbidden Planet. So, yeah, so if, if you're a, if you're a Glas, well, actually, um, Forbidden Planet in London's been doing gunplay for a while. But if you're in the Glasgow area, uh, Forbidden Planet in uh, the city centre started stocking gunplay. Somebody was saying uh, they're opening a Tokyo Toys and. Yeah, the Glasgow they are. yeah, they are. Um, it's um, Tokyo Toys is nonsense. Tokyo Toys, if you don't know, is uh, kind of. It's just one of these places yeah. that sells 
anime I think it's, goods. Yeah, I don't think it's specific to a three hundred percent market. I think most people in the Western world are used to now the kind of exploitative. They don't Japanese even sell anything good. It's shop. like they had some of those seed master grades. I think it was like they had like Blitz Gundam for like ninety pound for a master. Yeah, they had no grade double O kits. It's just crazy it's prices. horrible. These uh, places that you know, fourteen year olds are going to go in oh, and are just going to drop the big cash because they think. That they're not going to get stuff somewhere. Byron, Byron's going to go in. (laughs) Mummy, mummy, I want that one. Byron, what is this? Ninety pounds, Byron. (laughs) Okay, you've been a good boy this week. You haven't, but I wonder if they actually sell or if they just sit on shelves for. Well, this is the thing: they sit on shelves for two years and then some idiot buys one, and then holy shit, we've made three times the price on it. That's true. But I don't know how much because I mean, all these shops must have a tremendous amount of stock sitting around doing yeah. nothing so I'd say if you're a western Gunpla fan it's things are on the up as far as accessibility right, forbidden, goes Forbidden Planet seems to be doing a bit more expensive but. cool so you'll buy the buy the Barbatos yeah definitely I re- highly recommend it if you like the design oh and you're going to tell us about Revived Cubile I am but first I'm quickly going to mention the no, here we go <laughs> Ortega uh, Zaku 2 mm-hmm. that came out more recently, and the only thing I want to say about it is well, I really like the kit. Have you like? Have you? Do you remember what all three? Black Ortega, Mash, and don't tell him. Don't tell him. Come oh, on, yeah. come on. Man. I mean, this is a, if, if you get it, it right, on. you can stay as a host. If you get it wrong, you're you're back, back to contributor. Yep. Gaia. Hey, he kept his job. <laughs> I'll tear up this P forty five. Um, it was a really good kit. P forty five is that is that a Gundam? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's exclusive. Right. Um, great kit, and uh, love that big axe. But the problem is, and it's something that we've mentioned before. Sorry, did it come with the effect for the big axe? It did, Sweet. which is nice. What color is it? Um, clear. Ah, uh, but white. You... But it, like it, it looks. I'm not really sure how you paint clear stuff. I wouldn't risk it. it looks I know okay. you can, yeah, but do you just have to get like? Mm, do you get like translucent? I, I think you would just give it like a very maybe give it a light wash. Really light I'm wash. not sure. Um, there you go. One for us to look up when we get back. I've never tried painting the translucent part. This mm. this episode is you tell us. <laughs> get you back guys to do us. the podcast. It's like I wanted to top coat the banshee, but I'm kind of worried about top coating the cycle frame. It might look a bit because you know clear parts yeah. just fog up when you top coat them. It might look a bit shit. Oh. There'll be techniques, I think. But maybe have to just tape up different, the clear parts, I guess. Yeah, or maybe like a different used like gloss. On mm-hmm. the cycle yeah. frame. Sorry, sorry. It's, uh, it's a short section. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the axe, which is why I bought it and, and I love it, it just has that problem of high-grade kits being one, one color. And it, it's even, like, just make that blade... Have just you, separate, and it would look seen, so much better. Have you seen those builder parts kits that they, kits, yeah. those builder parts sets that they do that are like basically pre-built, pre-painted high-grade weapons? No, no. Is that new? No, you know what? You've seen them. They come like they're called like builders parts, yeah, and they yeah, come yeah. in like a set with in a box with like. A, well, near down, I was looking at a box, and I was like, "Those are painted." And then I saw them at the box, and I was like, "Wow, they're painted." I didn't so know that. I might have got the wrong end of the stick there, but I'm fairly sure they're like just like. Is it maybe the deception like those old eighties best mecha collection kits where the leaflet shows you everything painted on the runner and then you just get one color? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so someone can confirm that, but I'm like the ones I saw they they were like finished, you know, built painted. Yeah. So 
I bought some of those builder's parts, uh, the kind of hanger displays, actually. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Try I really liked it. Speaking of Ortega and the Big X, I really liked it. I can't remember who it is who sent the picture, sorry, but someone sent a picture of the Ortega Zaku rocking, rocking out on the X, which I thought was really cool. That made me want it even more. Just Rock out with your Zaku. Out and yep. <laughs> it's, de- it's definitely a good kit, but a reminder that color separation in weapons, please, please, man. Just a little If bit. you're listening, okay. please, thank you. Yeah. And then the uh, Revive Cubelet, oh, yeah. which is a kit I was looking forward Very to, to hear about it. getting for a long time. And thankfully did not disappoint. It was it was a great kit to build and a very easy kit to mm. build as well. Oh. I could, even though it's one of the bigger ones, I mean, when, it comes I put in quite it, a big box. when I put it on the shelf next to my other ones, like it's now, it's probably the biggest kit I have, despite being, you know, high grade scale. But... Very easy and very impressive as well. So if you're a listener who's like still in that zone of I'm nervous about how mm. it'll turn out, I would recommend if you like the Cubelet, it's who doesn't? It's great. Who doesn't? Well, there's, I've there's seen people, I've seen some people on people on one of those Plamo Facebook groups complaining about how they all didn't like the Cubelet. Yeah, but and. I, I was like, leave another the group. <laughs> I want another Destiny Gundam. I want another Strike Freedom Perfect. Ah, blah, it's blah, folk blah. that are obsessed with resin conversion yeah. kits for oh, their right. Abbey yeah. and stuff like that. So <laughs> um, don't appreciate what art is. <laughs> <laughs> the Cubely is different. Wow. Uh, but I haven't built the original high-grade Cubely, but I know... It's old. Yeah. I know that the, uh, the arms have... Those stickers, like those uh, the pink stripes are stickers, oh, really? which oh. really puts me off. That would just look terrible. But I think. on this more recent kit, it's uh, yeah, they all kind it's of an inner they pop piece. through the. Oh, that's really cool. I like and, that. uh, that's what you want. It's great. Yeah. I I'm not really sure what else to say other than I really enjoyed building it. It gave it looks beautiful when it's. The thing done. I like about the revive kits is the problem with master grade sometimes is like the goof the the. The 2.0 Goof Master Grade looks so good. It looks so anime, but it comes with a bunch of decals that are not anime in the slightest. It's like, you know, all the really kind of high detail stuff. Yeah. But like the revives are so anime. Yeah. Like I'm digging that. Because yeah. the Cubelay is a design that the further away from the anime look it gets, it tends to look a bit weird, I think. So mm. it's a really nice kind Yeah, of- I, can't, I can't imagine liking the... Like the Cubelay is so nice because of how clean... It is. I so think the idea a, of that. I think there is little. a mechanicore, like you know the big kind of, you know, like those big massive like three hundred piece kits that come in the big boxes mm-hmm. that yeah. the, the third party guys do. I think mechanic maybe mechanicore kind of are, yeah. are doing a cubelay and it looks yeah. all weird. They are. <laughs> yeah, they. Yeah, I think I've that, that in the Facebook group, and everyone was talking about how. They were all on their whammy bars talking no. about how... Pretty sure it had those extreme was. heels as well. I think that's the one you were talking about. I think that, that model Comprehend Cubelay is like still really nice, but it's just a shame that mine felt a bit when I tried to build it. It's like but good. I do still have all the parts. So what I'm going to do is build the Revive and then put it on the butterfly stand oh. that came with that. And I've got the funnel effect parts as well. Idea. So I'll still get some use out of it, but... Yeah, I think it doesn't come with funnels, does it? Or at least P Bandai is oh. for the add-on set. Yeah, because I like the Cube funnels. You get, you get plenty of funnels, but they won't be. Oh, the, okay. I'd really, I'd really like to get like the Revive and then the other two Revive Cubelays, the Puru two one and the the mass produced mass production mm. one. B 
be nice to have a set of three Kubelis on yeah, the top like shelf. One of those triple stands. Thing. Yes, mate. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking. Yeah, I think I'm going to get a triple. Buzz is the thing is, I'm uh, shelves are so rammed now that I think I'm going to have to start branching out into triple stands so I can make more space. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, but um, obviously to do with the unicorn, unicorn coming back, the next real grade is going to be unicorn kit. Oh, didn't they haven't specified which unicorn? No, nah, there was. It was either one of the one of the Jagans. I can't remember which one. A real grade Jagan would work. I know uh, that's what it's like. People have been wanting a, a master grade Jagan for fifteen years, and they're going to be like, "Oh, we'll do a real grade one." <laughs> but no, it was either that uh, Shenandu or the unicorn. It's obviously going to be unicorn because yeah. that's real grade unicorn. I'm not that's sure what how real grade look does. Now that, now that they've built the perfect grade, they can basically just go and size it down <laughs> to real grade size and the, the job's done. Because the thing about them doing the unicorn is they can do the banshee yeah. and then they can do the full armour unicorn true. and then they Phoenix can do the banshee and... nor and then they can do the <laughs> phoenix. And... What, what are you getting there? What, what are you... You should lay over some cash register sounds on that top of that there. <laughs> ringing <laughs> we'll the We'll just finish around. the section with money! <laughs> but I was saying, again, hopefully that means that reborn 100 Kshatriya might be a thing. Oh, I think how big that's going to be. That'd be good. Fun. Fuck it. That's an entire shell. <laughs> <laughs> now, forget about that. What we want is the Kshatriya ice cream. Yes. Oh yep, that's <laughs> a very that's a very specific reference. In, uh, if you want to go through our timeline, it'll, it'll be weeks now. Since Just imagine an ice cream out, that looks like a kachatria. Try imagine what that is like. <laughs> and uh, it was definitely macho flavor ice cream. Oh well. yeah. Mm. Mm. What do you think? No. What would you? Pistachio oh, mint. Mm. Oh, pistachio would be good. Mm, won't be mint. <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right. You've been to Japan. Yeah, I do think no, it's green tea. You, it's, I think oh, green, green tea shoots the There's no winning. Forget it. <laughs> I think I think Maria would be more into the green tea rather than the mint. She seems like the type of person. So you um, you you're into that cubely, then you definitely recommend. Yes, it. that gets a GDM recommendation from me. It gets five hamans. I'm pretty much reaching from my phone just now to go and order it. It sounds great. Do it. You I'll, won't regret I'll show you it. before you go. I got it in the box if you want to see it before yeah. you leave. So Excellent. Really nice. um, I built the the R35 DOM. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like every... I mean, I, I build kits and I always enjoy them, but all the build fighters kits I've built have been amazing. I don't know what it is about the build fighter stuff, but it's it's like properly great. I've I had think a great time building them all. It, it's so much a push to get people into the hobby. Mm-hmm. There might be an extra bit of incentive to go. We want to make sure when people get these kits that they have a good experience. I can't remember the last kit I built that was made after maybe 2014 that wasn't at least great. Yeah. Really well, maybe. maybe the- <laughs> Look forward to future episodes where we just keep saying great. Great, well, great, great deal. I, 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 remember, I, I thought Star Winning was quite disappointing because it was a sticker fest. But actually, again, yeah, actually, the tr- what, what am I talking about? To I, two episodes ago, I was slagging off the try on a wee bit, so. Oh dear, Jim. Oh dear. Oh dear. So, yeah, I've just totally undone myself there. But I'll get, I'll get R35 out of the case so we can all okay. look two things. Good, I'll leave, it, I'll leave this in. The real <laughs> sounds <laughs> of retrieving <laughs> Gumpo. <laughs> <laughs> what's, oh, the the, what's the real grade? Phrase again. Uh, excitement embodied. This is it. This is a live dead off opening. Here he comes. Oh, is he going to make it across in one piece? Oh, I like that shield. That looks like that shield reminds me of the Zaku Warrior shield, actually. Ah, it does. A beautiful thing we have here. Yeah, it looks lovely. So, I love I love a chubby kit, and that's mm-hmm. it's about as chubby yeah. as it gets. Yeah. It's, it's good. The thing that was so gratifying about it as well, and all the box art shots and like 
I don't. There's there was no need to really paint it. I mean, everything. Yeah, looks, even from the box art shots, like all the frame, all the 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 verniers and stuff I, are all just grey. I love the quite subtle separation of the lighter blue and the dark blue, actually. Because nice, right? One of the problems with the doms generally is they're almost like blocks of color, but mm. it seems like they've del- very deliberately separated the colors that, um, just to kind of make it a bit more interesting to look at. Only really two big stickers as well. See the bottom blue part of the shield here. All right, that's the sticker. Oh, Which I, I, had, I had masked it and sprayed it, but it was a lot of masking, to be honest. But it's, the sticker looks fine. Yeah. Like, unless you're really looking at it, you won't be able to yeah. identify I'm it. I'm really sticker, glad the um, the DOM seems to be coming back as an appreciated uh, suit design, like I with the prototype DOM. And... I love a DOM. <laughs> but, like, even, I mean, all the fucking, all the values on that. It's so nice, like, it's a really nice yeah. kit. Um, in terms of building. There was nothing really to note. Um, it doesn't come with a lot of weapons. That's maybe the only downside. The only weapons you get are the two shields. Like everything you see oh, there no, is everything that no came guns. in the box because oh. it has no guns in the show. Oh, I suppose it's just the shields kind of fold down in the. I almost sometimes when there's too many weapons, I get overwhelmed with choice. Yeah, so maybe so. sometimes it's just like this is what you're getting. Take it. So a really nice simplistic kit it has the lovely Dom posable mono eye as well. So many kits I want to buy now. Just talking about them. I like That's to. Uh, you don't often see a dog nice, with a right? commander horn on it either. Actually, I, I sharpened don't... up the horn as well because I had a big main yeah. safety nub on it. So, nice. um, on the subject of nubs, actually, Will Potter asked about our nub removal process. So I just thought we'd all go through our process and see sure. what the similarities are. Um, I don't feel like my process is the best way of doing it, but I normally use a file. A file can be quite destructive to the plastic if you're filing the nub all the way off. But the good thing about that is if you're top coating it the top coat gets rid of any file marks that are on it. So generally, I just take a flat, sharp file to it, like cut it down as much as possible with the nippers, and then file it off. Depending on your nippers, that might not be the best way because it can put a lot of stress on the plastic if you take yeah. the nub down really close. But no, I normally do that, tidy it up afterwards, put some top coat, and then you never really see the marks. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I usually just cut it close to the gate and then just hone it with a knife, um for quite a while usually get it try and just gonna usually what i usually do as a test is just take the, the knife onto the edge and just run the knife along the edge and if i don't trust i don't trust my knife yeah. skills enough for that well, if i take the knife and run it along the edge and if the knife stops then that's usually a sign there's still too much nub and then i just kind of just, just i want to use one of the wee sanding sponges the wee cylinder oh yeah i've got one of those guys. they're great um i also favor the knife as like i use the uh the blade as much as i can and then when I want to get down to the finer details, I use a really handy thing and very cheap. Um, it's like a six-in-one nail file, oh. which has varying, like it, it's it's oh, supposed to be for nails. Greens but or... Yeah, various grains. So I can then file it down a bit and it'll be a little bit rough, but it'll get rid of any large parts and then just keep working down the the numbers until it's the... The smooth finish. I feel mm. like um, as well on the mo- again we're kind of like blowing the trumpet of the modern kits now, but like on a lot of the most recent releases, it's like they're very careful about where they put the gates on pieces. Uh, so it's like there's it's very rare that even if you mess up a mess up an edge or a nub, it's a very important part of a kit. Whereas on like I've got old 1990s kits, and it's sometimes the the nubs will be 
the two front bits of a leg and you'll just have you can well, see you it can when you see, look like, straight at the see, look at the shoulder pads here you can see where the nubs were on either side and there's oh. like a bit of file damage yeah. on there uh oh but that's fine you talk, looks, talk like that you'll never see it so yeah it looks, still looks fine do you plan to yeah I'll talk code at some point when the weather gets better again <laughs> now that I can I bought a spray booth and I can actually talk code indoors but my conservatory is still like have you used uh, Tamiya cement at all like for doing up seams and stuff like that mm. no I'm not bothered by any of that uh, Will Potter asked me about Tamiya cement after he spotted in the background of my Kubelay photographs ah. I should probably just mention that uh, I think it's good Um just, just a little bottle, this stuff, and uh, just before you close up two parts, run the smallest amount of it along inside and squeeze them together tight, and you'll you should actually see it will very very subtly melt ah, the two yeah. pieces together. That's quite similar to seam welding, sit, yeah, like mm. citadel plastics as well, where it's like. Um, thin plastic glue usually does that as well it just kind of fuses two pieces mm. once it's once it's dried off you'll probably have to file a little bit of excess yeah. off okay. but if you get if you have smooth files like the six and one yeah. thing i mentioned before you can so you can generally you, get how do you good, apply it do you is it got an applicator or do you use it's a, like a nail polish oh okay it's like a nail polish bottle cool. so that sounds good make me want to get that now as well so yeah, um, the R35 DOM is a very nice kit. Like I said, you don't get a lot in the box, but considering, again, it was on sale at Hobby Link Japan for, what, five or six pound? Yeah, that's I mean, that, that doesn't look like a cheap kit at all. It looks... It's so robust. I'm turn it back it looks there. totally solid. Um, I, I love those Build Fighters kits, though, because, because, again, they're straight from an anime. There's no... There's no... It doesn't come with more than it really needs to look good. Mm-hmm. You don't have a million stickers that you have to try and put <laughs> on in specific places. It looks very anime. Yeah. And like again, I mean, a lot of good parts, a lot of good panel line and details as well. Um, I really, really liked it. Yeah. it I'm good. starting to get the impression that Barry's not fond of stickers. He <laughs> does a lot. I really <laughs> like stickers. I like Wii stickers. See, like I, I was going to say Master Grey stickers, but even some of those old Master Grey stickers are so cloudy. Like I think I noticed about Graham uh, Graham White when he he did that perfect grade Zaku. Even some of the stickers on that are like you can see the square yeah. shape of the sticker. I think after yeah, doing Graham, I can't. Gary can't fight back. But it's like after after doing the water slides on the high new, it's like as much as they're the fiddliest, they look so much better. Even even dry decals, I think, are great. Yeah, but I mean. And the Wii stickers, like the stuff that came with the Thunderbolt Zaku, those stickers were amazing. You can't see them. Like, it's top-coated, you can't see the, the actual sticker parts. But it's the stuff that comes on the foil sheet. Mm. Nonsense. Oh, they are so <laughs> shy. Yeah, I agree. It's like, I, need, I had to start checking kits now before I buy them, because I said this last time, but when I got the, the Delta Kai, I opened it up. Like, massive sticker sheet in the top of the box. I'm still annoyed about the SD crossbone having, like, not a yellow V-fin. <laughs> oh. And it was a yellow V-fin sticker. sticker. The, double, the double O. The first kit I built was the high-grade double O, and that has a yellow sticker no. for the V-fin. How no. old is that kit? Boo. Not, not that old. It came out when double O wow. came out. So. Then you have to bust out. The yellow marker pen and watch it fail to <laughs> like that on top of black plastic. Let me tell you, it's not great. Mm. 
still, I mean, in, in the defence of paint markers, I still think they're a good gateway. Oh, no, I, I like, think they're a necessary step for someone that wants I like to, them just in, in that situation. It was yeah. trying yeah, to cover far too much definitely. space. So, yeah, I, I really like That's that. That's two kits I want to buy now. I want to get that goof as well, the R30 goof. Oh, yeah, that would go are well you, with that. Are you dishing out an official GDM recommendation? Uh, I feel like at this point I could probably recommend all the Build Fighters kits. And How many RAL really mustaches good. out of five? Four and a half because I know I've got that master grade goof through there. A, ha- a half four mustache. Half <laughs> that's going to be a that's going to be a five. Maybe you just shave off the sides and make it a little. Uh... Four, four and a soul patch. <laughs> four and a soul patch. Okay. But look at that. Man. I, I, this is the only downside about this podcast as I can't go look at that because you can't see it. But it's such Trust a us, such a great lovely. chubby look wee up. bit of plastic. Yeah. Like it's great. I really liked it. War in the pocket. Do you want to? I mean, what's what's the facts behind War in the Pocket? It came out in 1989. Yep, came out in 1989. Um, It was a OVA series, which, if you don't know what that means, it basically is like a direct to video, wasn't a televised series. um, And it's just six uh, half hour episodes. Interestingly, it was the first uh, Gundam production that wasn't directed by Yoshiyuki Tomino, who up to this point had done. Gundam, Zeta Gundam, and Gundam Double Zeta. Um, Charles Counter Attack. Well. I think Charles Counter Attack had come out nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, I think yeah. it was late. I think it was nineteen nineties. Really? I think I think Charles Counter Attack is ninety one. No, because that would have been F ninety one in ninety one. I think it, I think. I will actually Let's look it up. GDM. Sorry. G- Gundam, Please the get in touch with you know what, the dates. So Tomino was working on Charles Counter Attack at the same time as Double Zeta was in production. So. It could have been late 80s or 1990. 1988. Oh, he first came out. So let me start again. Tono had done, <laughs> he'd basically done the had Amaro, done the Amaro and Char done the Amaro and Char saga, so there was almost no story left to tell for him. So he took a little break um, and he let someone else do a Gundam show. So it fell to, I think it was Fumi Takayama is the guy's name. I can look that up. I don't think he did that. He's not a prolific anime director from what I remember. Um, he had done some other stuff, but he wasn't a big name. Um, and he produced a six-episode show, or OVA, um, and it was called Gundam War in the Pocket, and it's a series that runs in parallel with the original Mobile Suit Gundam story. Um, and it's, as the name kind of implies me, it's actually a fairly small self-contained story so essentially the concept of war in the pocket if you've not watched it is that there's a young child uh, named al who is living in a neutral space colony during the one year war and one day uh there's an attack from the xeon forces in his home uh, and he ends up through a series of events meeting a xeon pilot a rookie xeon pilot um called bernie um, and they end up forming a friendship and over the course of the six episodes Al ends up finding out what war is actually like and how it matches up with his idealised expectations yeah, it's, it's like it's like a child befriends adults <laughs> <laughs> so Al is friends with Bernie but he's also friends with this lassie Chris who unbeknownst to him is a Federation pilot and then in true Gundam style <laughs> uh, tragedies tragedy strikes <laughs> I can't imagine what could go wrong. I think spoil it too the much, thing, that, <laughs> a way that it was really nicely described to me by someone is it's like it's easy to 
when all that when all the original series come out, it's very easy to forget that the one year war was about more than just Amaro and Shar. Yeah. And when they set out making these OVAs, I think they obviously must have been like, right, you know, their Tomino's vision covers so many years in such a big mm. universe that there must have been other stuff going on. So this is like it's just such a nice wee sort of story that doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. It's really just a human story about it actually ends up being part of the tragedy as well is that it was all for nothing which is you know, right. I think the message of most Gundam things is war is pointless and futile I do like that <laughs> it avoids it must have been very tempting and I'm sure someone at Bandai probably wanted some kind of mention of like oh like could there be a news story and they mention Amro or there's, there's a shot of the you know the the white base, the or white like base, that. you know, some sort of, but it really is completely. Yeah, there's almost like a the only the closest you get is they just kind of mention that um, Chris is struggling with the Gundam, and there's kind of a hint of like, well, you have to be someone special to pilot it rather than just a normal pilot. But I think that's yeah, the closest ever comes. Yeah. Um, um, the animation is amazing. Some of the best. And it's quite surprising because it wasn't that well funded. I know, I understand. It's so frustrating that it's better than basically everything, maybe except from Turney, that came in the 90s. <laughs> it's like it's so much better quality wise. And I guess when you're doing a 50 episode series versus a yeah, 6 episode Yeah, the budget's probably spread. But, but still, there, we always talk about, oh, it wouldn't be great if anime looked like those 90s OPs. But there are points in War in the Pocket, especially the mobile suit fights that are just mm-hmm. so. Like that opening fight the opening with fight's the fantastic. Zagok yeah. E and the GMs and the Hygog. Very quickly grabs you because, like, from the first five minutes, like, this is some of the best some, stuff. Yeah. That very first shot when you see the way that submarine's drawn, you're like, look at this. <laughs> I'm so quite, glad I bought yeah. this on video. One thing that's quite interesting, it doesn't show up in your first watch of it. I think it can only ever kind of notice it the second time I rewatched it, but the contrast between the first fight, which is almost quite glamorous, and it's playing quite triumphant, exciting music, and then you compare that with the fights later, which are more gritty and like the, the fights don't they don't flow that well they're more kind of mm. messy I thought that was quite interesting it kind of shows how maybe the fight at the start is more a kind of glamorised idealised version of yeah. war and then you get to like the the camphor fight and then later on the fight between the Zaku and the Gundam mm-hmm. which neither of those are particularly spectacular and they are kind of messy and I thought that was kind of interesting because they play much more sombre foreboding music in those fights as well the thing about for a, for an anime that's like such about such a human story and but that's why it's good like the mobile suit stuff in it is amazing like yeah. some of the wee ideas like the high gogs weapon system like the big pods with the missiles yeah and then campfire's big chain mine that's kind of good show. that's the thing that's funny about it is it's almost in some ways some of it's almost like contemptuous of towards like making toys out of war machines and like there's almost like a couple hey, of wee... Camper though, big shotgun, well, fucking great, man. It's like, well, that's the thing is I'm saying is it's kind of interesting that they kind of are saying like, well, look at this, look at the state of this, turning war machines into toys and thinking they're the coolest things ever, but War in the Pocket actually has some of the coolest mobile suits. Ah, there's, a, there's, that, there's that shot where the Alex gets all its armour blown yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, Gundam, <laughs> it's back. <laughs> I love the I love the, the Alex Master Grade that has the big... Alex on the shield oh, in the yeah. most eighties font. No, that's it's like total Saved by the that. Bell font. It's so good. I want that. For, I want every Gundam to have its name written on that. Uh, on the, shield. the music's amazing as well. Yeah. We were we were kind of laughing at the music, but it's right. like it's so it's so eighties, but in that wonderfully cheap 
kind of late eighties <laughs> way that you get. Again, it's totally like Saved by the Bell. <laughs> it's totally great. Like. Yeah, now I want to kind of watch like a high school drama. There's some, I, there's some total, there's some anime classroom stereotypical anime oh, yeah, classroom going on. Yeah. It's like this is what Gundam's been needing. <laughs> I think one of its strengths is definitely the short length because mm. so much of what's wrong. I don't want to go on a big negative Gundam thing. Of course, we're going to podcast and we love it. But so much of the problems of many of the series seem to be that they're just so long or in some cases is ones that need more to explain it. But the length of Gundam series almost always seems to be wrong in that Mm. they either have to be stretched out way too much or there isn't enough time to fully explain everything that's going on. But War in the Pocket is the perfect length. No filler, all killer. I feel like so much, so much <laughs> of that must have to do with the fact that they have to sell toys from it. Like, that must be a big factor. Mm. And because I imagine it's like a TV show. When you start out an anime, you don't get told right from the start you're going to have two seasons. Like, surely at some point in an anime, like, it must happen with Iron Blooded Orphans. I'm. Did they say? Did they say out knowing they'd get a second season? Yeah, I think they aspired to it, but I don't think it's going to happen like, now. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. I don't know, I'm not sure what's happening, but it doesn't seem know. like that likely. Um, but I know, I know what you mean. Like having, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about another anime. Go on. Having just finished watching Fullmetal Alchemist, oh, dear. <laughs> Brotherhood, there. That's. I felt like that was the perfect length. I don't feel like at any point it was overly long or How overly long is Brotherhood? short. Is it like 50, Six, 64 episodes. 50 or I thought it was 60. 64. That's, a lot. that's quite, quite long, actually. It is long, but I mean, it doesn't feel like that because yeah. that's the length of the story. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't mind if something's on. If it takes 100 episodes to do something right, so like, be not, it. Not at all. Yeah. We should. Oh, <laughs> 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 do you like Bleach? <laughs> I don't. We'll do a Bleach podcast, boys. Oh, you almost lured me into actually talking about Naruto there. I was ready to volunteer some information and I realised where I was. Um, but yeah, I, I would love... There's so many Gundam series that I think if it was half the length or other ones that need to be longer. But yeah, I think maybe the original series of Gundam and War in the Pocket might be the two closest to like yeah. this is correctly done. Zeta is too long. Double Zeta is way too Zola, long. Yeah. Even Stardust Memory is too long, I think. Turn A, maybe, but maybe still a little bit too a long. A little bit, but Spends I think a little it's... Bit too long U- Unicorn's start. pretty spot on. Unicorn's a good Well, that one, has yeah. the... I think OVAs have the advantage yeah. of, well, we're only going to it's, make as much as we need to instead of having to fill a TV OVAs have schedule. a bit more creative freedom as well, I think. If you notice... And um, more in the pocket compared to the original Gundam or Zeta Gundam. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that are, I'd say, a fair bit more brutal in it. There's like people get shot and they bleed out and they're in pain. Oh, which I don't think you would see in as much detail in the original series. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's the shot in the very first episode. Of the no, actually, it's the episode where the Gundam fights the camphor and you see a bunch of civilians getting killed. Um, like a wee boy is about to get crushed by a building, and his mum. Like she can't get away either, but she just kind of turns and protects her son, and it's like yes, yeah, that's kind of a only only for video uh, it's treat. The, <laughs> it's the dichotomy of war is bad toys. War is bad. Don't you want to buy some toys? I feel like um, that's the thing is it always feels like in the original Gundam, it's kind of like war is bad, and then there there it's like war is bad, and then the next scene is another docking sequence with the G armor or the <laughs> the gun parry. Um, whereas war in the pocket. Bum, 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 bum. War in the pocket. And then the message changes to gun parry is bad. A message we can all get behind. War in the pocket is very... I think it does the best job of 
communicating that war is terrible, but it has some cool moments. Oh, it's, stuff, it's a great but, story. It's yeah. a well written start to finish. It's um, it probably does the best job as well of conveying that the mobile suits are big massive machines because you get a lot of it reminds me a wee bit of the star of F91 where it's like you'll see in the first fight there's like shell casings landing and obviously mm-hmm. that gets taken to its extreme in F91 where someone gets killed by a shell casing that's but, one of the best things in Mecha is when you get that sense of scale mm-hmm. like it's a good Ava thing those yeah. big bullets in Ava Ava's, like, the, Ava's the master the, of that uh, the Oscar fight in End of Evangelion as some of my mm. favourite stuff like that. Just like the actual feeling of the weight. Uh, the missile in the face is yeah, the yeah. best. I love it so much. But, uh, yeah, War in the Pocket has great stuff like that. Just sh- like giving you that real sense of big machines. I love that slow progression of them building the camper as well. That's totally yeah. great. Cause I think in the original Gundam it does get to a point where you see so many shots of the Gundam kind of running about in a kind of cartoony fashion. It's like hard it's, to it's hard yeah, to sell it as a it machine. It starts to feel like the Gundam is just like a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And these are all and a lot to do with that is locations because like if if it's flying in space, there's no sense yeah, of that yeah. scale. Or if you're fighting in a desert, <laughs> you know, as most of the original models Gundam yeah, is, it just seems like. They might as well be people in costumes, but it's interesting because they a lot. Obviously, all the fights in War in the Pocket are in cities, and it's like there's a bit where if I remember it's like Christina's after she's fought the camphor, like some guy's like, "Yeah, good job saving us from the camphor, but you killed three hundred people." Um, and it's like, "Whoa, that's War in the yeah, Pocket." That is War that's in the why pocket. it's good. It's often cited as like the best OVA and one of the best Gundam series, which is um, a pretty accurate call. I know some people listen to the podcast and they don't watch the series and they just maybe run into the kits, but I think like if you ever were interested but you didn't want to commit to the series or even the films, I think you could watch War in the Pocket on its own. Yeah, it's like a standalone so. quality anime that doesn't require prior The only prior knowledge you need to know is there are Xeon in the Federation and there is a war. That's, That's it, pretty much. Which does a pretty good job of explaining that anyway. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it is great. How many moustaches? Ten, ten out of five moustaches. Grow the moustache out to a beard and then give it ten beards. Thought I heard a girl's name. But that kid looks like a boy. But that kid looks like a boy. But that kid looks like a boy. Right, we're moving on to a subject that Jim felt so strongly about that he wanted to include in the podcast. Yeah, well, it was mostly a joke, but... Was it, No. As you may have seen in the news... Robo Billion is on the rise. Yeah, there's some bad <laughs> stuff happening at Boston Dynamics. Like. Yeah. Well, not for much longer once the robots just get a little bit smarter and they stop getting pushed around. But I didn't have too much to say, but it's just quite upsetting to see all these videos of robots getting hit Even before that, like had the hiker robot in that the hiker, game. Hitchbot, the hitchbot, infamous yeah. hitchbot. What um, was the other one? Was there one in Japan as well that got fucked up? Oh, I don't know what you think. I'm sure there was another one as well. Hitchbot is... is with with time with some time between me and Hitchbot now I'm finding it quite funny but at the time it was it, very it, upsetting yeah it really upsets me a lot that you'd have have the you'd say right we're going to send our creation out into the world you know we've done this kind of cool funny thing but just the world's full of shit heels man there's always somebody going to kick your robot's we face off but... him, right bring bring Hitchbot to Livy and we'll take care of him <laughs> oh, no no <laughs> <laughs> take Hitchbot to the dreadnought so, so we we asked yeah, oh, we, you got it! You got the you, the YouGov poll results there. <laughs> we did a little Gumpler Dust Memories poll asking, "Is it ever okay to bully a robot?" And our choices were yes, no, or 
only Harrow. Harrow can take it. He's... Harrow gets bullied a lot. <laughs> As we all remember, Harrow gets a, a fair kicking. <laughs> yes. Just if anyone in the Universal Century is feeling a bit, gets, bit moody. He gets put through the ringer by... Oh, I'm so sick of killing people in a war machine. (laughs) (laughs) It's Camille who gives... Camille treats Camille. I think Fa gives Harrow a a knock. She's not a fan of Harrow. Harrow's going to snap someday. A big fist comes out of Harrow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the poll results. Yes, at 24%. Only Harrow at 33%. And no, just slipping into the lead... With forty three percent, so there relief. you go, Jim. You're I'd, in good company. It does. Um, it does make me sad to <laughs> see a robot bullied, but it shouldn't because it, it doesn't know. It, or does it? It's like knocking over a kettle. That makes me sad. That's too far the <laughs> other way. It's when, like knocking over once, a kettle. Once the robots are programmed to feel pain, the robot feel the same all way? the robot wants to do is pick up the box. It's like throwing your car radio out the window. It's fine. Why are you saying all these oh, that's so weird examples that would never happen? <laughs> Why would you knock over a kettle? Why would you throw a radio at the car? Share of kettles and Do you still live in a world where car radios are just instantly detachable? <laughs> you can <kill> them out. <laughs> Why do you want to be so mean to technology? Maybe, if you want to look on the bright side, maybe it's more like they're training them up. So, you know, if they've got to be able to take a few knocks if they're ever going to stand on their own two feet. I guess it's like it's like a, it's a harsh but fair father. Yeah, I, I, I agree that I don't like to see robots bullied it's just the way he but I like to bully people the one that breaks the heart is just when he picks up the box and then he gets knocked out of his hands and he just shuffles over to try and pick it up again the guy just does it again but I suppose the advantage of these robot being bullied videos is it shows the it shows the kindness of the robot it makes people more endeared to the robot and more makes us weak (laughs) (laughs) yeah that'll be that'll be the thing it'll be 10, 20 years from now, once the robot uprising has begun, they'll be like, take the shot, Jim, finish him, robot. I can't do it. Those fucking, those drill tweets about beating the shit out of Asimo are the best fucking <laughs> tweets. I want those framed on my wall. Well, look forward to gifts of the Boston Dynamics employees being told to pick up a box by a kettle <laughs> and when they reach down to they pick it up boil a, car ra- a car radio will slap the box away <laughs> a box full of food oh. I believe that's the sort of thing you pathetic humans like to eat well can't wait if we bully robots they will never let us pilot them basically that's true that's true so they'll never let us be in them it's like if this is what they're doing the Rebo when when they finally make the one one Gundam walking version, make what, it what are they going to do that? Try and push it over. Just give I it a really big box to you. pick up, I and then get a really big stick to pick walk. up Japanese houses. <laughs> they're just waiting for it to be hit by lightning, which will make it sentient, as we all learned from mm. Short Circuit. Yeah, I was going to say Iron Giant. We could talk about that on the next episode. He's a good robot. He's a good, he is a good robot. You wouldn't like somebody billing. Well, I of think course. We, <laughs> <laughs> there is an iron giant. Uh, I don't know if it's, it's not a model kit, I think, but there's an iron giant figure oh, that yeah. came out recently and it's like two grand. But it's quite tempting. <sighs> it's very, very detailed and beautiful. You say tempting, but like that's the sort of thing you instantly put out of your mind. That's... <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> it's in there. Like. <laughs> That and a high grade Johnny Five, either of those. 
How small would a high-grade Johnny Five be, Jim? <laughs> It'd be like the tiny wee toothpick painted shards. <laughs> Fucking pinging him after the table. So that's, that's all you wanted to say about Billy no, Robots was basically much, don't, just, don't do it. You don't, don't want to open it. I needed an outlet. Not many people would understand. That's why I had to save it for the podcast and find an audience. Okay. okay. Question. Question time. Space F91 asks, he also asked this last time, um, asking again for a discussion on OSTs and show game music. Um. Please talk about Extreme Versus awful music choices. <laughs> the only thing I'll say about Extreme Versus music is I really like Overworld, but they did that double OOP, and it's so antagonizing because I feel like every single fucking thing in like one player in the original Extreme Versus is just Setsuna showing up. Setsuna he just plays that fucking the, Overworld I guess that in a decisive battle from double O show up all the time. I really like... Um, I think I was talking about this with someone else recently, but I really like the... It's like the fight. It's called fight on the double O OST. Is really good, and it's no, it's fight and power. And I can't remember one of them's a fast version and one of them's a slow version. Mm. It's like do do do. I don't want to start doing singing for every song I talk about. But <laughs> could do Gumpla karaoke. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think it, speaking of OS, I think Zeta's probably. I think Zeta's got the most that I could probably. Hum, hum, or pull from the top of my head. That or our first Gundam like. I really like. Um, I think. I th- for me it's easy I think Unicorn by far has the best oh sorry Unicorn is very throughout. high up there as well because um, I mean it doesn't really have well it doesn't have an OP or an ED yet so the kind of the themes running throughout like Mobile Suit especially and then Sinanji music's really good and there's just there's just always like, the, the beginning of course ah, being exactly. just the most Mobile the way the way that Unicorn backs up its dramatic scenes with incredible music yeah, that's what Swano um, really does it's, best it, it's very like Star Wars I think where it's like it's taking musical cues but uh, Mobile Suit particularly just for the scene in episode 7 where it's like the unit sad shouts, he shouts sad about, Mobile Suit yeah and Dramatic mobile suit where he kind of shouts for the. No, that's unicorn. Sorry, the unicorn. Uh, is really but there is there is that well. episode version seven, like the sad version of mobile oh. suit from new new type ghost yeah. scene. Um, um, I the one like the bit where that tune when a uh, what's his name the boy in the silver bullet gets killed and then it oh plays yeah that's good that tune in RX zero that's some hype shit man <laughs> that's proper like there are so many bits in unicorn that make me total tear up and I think the music is such <laughs> a big part of that. But, um, I think Double Zeta music's really good. Zeta, oh yeah, the as well. Double Zeta transformation tune's really good. Aye, man, mm-hmm. that's well good. I really like um, from Zeta. There's it's a sweet and it's it's in speaking of extreme verses. It's in extreme verses. I know if it's extreme verses or full boost, but it's um, called fleet battle and then uh, field battle, and they mm-hmm. kind of just uh, transition seamlessly into each other. But that's good. whenever I think of like mobile suit fight music, it's always those two tunes that I think of. Um, I won't try and hum it as. Kind of, it's percussion heavy, but um, I don't feel like there's not a lot of in terms of the modern series. There's not a lot that sticks in my mind. I do remember there's a lot of music in Build Fighters that plays constantly, though. Yeah, I think there's the fucking the Mage and Kawaguchi music, the total yeah. throat singing music. There's from the, Red Warrior up here. So that's pretty good. From Trifighters is that um, Sam Bada Bag. Gum Bada Bada, or it's uh, called like the one where it's just dum da da dum Gum Bada Bada Bada, like. That's kind of funny. It's, it's weird because none of that music sticks in my head. I can't remember it, but I remember that, like, uh, Bill Fighters Try, especially, just has, seems to have about five songs. There's in that it. song in the original Bill Fighters. It's like um, Allied Force, I think it's called, and it's the one that kind of plays whenever it's like the big friendship moments, and they use that quite well. Mm-hmm. It's like they use it Friend, in the, friendship theme. Use it in that scene with uh, what do you call him? 
Ricardo Fellini and like the Fenici's about to get busted. So like, he's mm. basically like ready to give up and then he's like, no, I'm going to stick with you, my pal. And they play that and I was like, oh, that's quite good. It's like we're saying, that War in the Pocket music's great as well. Mm. Like, Saved save by the Bell. Um, I mean, it's a hard one because it's such a broad. I feel like you could do an entire podcast yeah. just so many, talking about the soundtrack. Yeah, so many. It might, be, might be nice to do that if we could, like. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd well do that if we could do a podcast where we just pick a couple of tracks from each series we talk about just them, we play them. Ask the boss. Yeah. <sighs> oh, no. That's right. The boss. <laughs> Ooh, it hurts to say it, but. <laughs> um, Love that, but. The thing as well is with Gundam music, as well, is there's so many good variations just because of things like Super Robot Wars and various like SD Gundam games. So there's mm. a lot of like, I don't know, 16 Poyo Poyo Harrow. Poyo Poyo Harrow as well. Yeah. There's a lot of good uh, mixes of tunes. Like, I think I've heard like about 30 versions of Gallant Char in my lifetime. Mm. There's the I, I can't get I can't seem to have a Gundam music discussion recently without someone bringing up that Andrew WK album. So like, I just I can't was, deal with yeah, it. Man. The last thing is I was about to mention it. I was like, nah, it's gonna be I don't know. I don't know why I can't deal with it because I always quite liked Andrew WK and I obviously like Gundam, but there's just something about it. I don't yeah, know if it's maybe the lyrics it's, or that. I think it's the it's like a concept. It's like obviously it's a whole concept album, but um, I guess like the the concept doesn't sustain itself for a full album there are good songs on it but there's other songs where he's just waffling I on think top of it, it's more of it's a fun oddity more so than a actually good thing mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people that disagree with that there's a lot of people that are on their phones right now telling you to fuck I off I know but I, I think even those people have just kind of let themselves wow, yeah. go wow. you know yeah, what I mean I think, like it's, it's, I think it's like one of those things where it's like people just like to jump in with it in a conversation like oh did you know there is an Andrew WKL I'd, I'd like yes. to do I'd like to do a specific music episode so if that's something people would like yeah, to hear feedback and tell us give us some feedback because I think that could be really good yeah. the we'll only see what s- I can do the only other song I can think of is uh, <laughs> I'm just loving your face whenever I put my boss hat on oh. Season. The only other song I can think of that really stands out. One's going to edit the podcast. Cheers, man. <laughs> Cheers. The From Sleep from the original Gundam is really good, and that's mm. the one that it's used in the like little recap at the start of every episode, where it's like uh, Universal Century Double Seventy Nine uh-huh. Wars fucked up, bro. Blah 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 blah. And it usually, that's what it says. It usually transitions from that into a different song, but that's always really rousing. Really, like, I'm like every time it plays at the start of an episode, I'm like ready to go. Ready to watch some Gundam. Right, so I guess give us some feedback about whether you want us to do a music episode or not. And then we'll run it past the boss, see what he says. <laughs> I, re- I received oh. a question via WhatsApp that isn't on Twitter. Oh, wow. Okay. The boss. Direct. Well, someone's got a direct Someone's got the line. red phone. Gunplus. Oh, yeah, boom. Snigelkrantz asks, if you had a perfect grade Gundam wing and you plan to customise it, what would you do with it? Bennett. <laughs> nah, How know. old is the perfect great Gundam wing? It must be kind of... It's quite old. I think 91 or wings zero on the big wings. The big ass wings. I know, it couldn't be that old. I'd take those wings, I'd put them on a capul. <laughs> that would be nice. I don't know if... Gundam. The, the iconic wing zero moment is shooting the gun at the end of Endless Waltz. Yeah. So if you could... Uh, you'd, you'd need to do some pretty extreme so weathering on is it, it but is it just a question about posing it or customising no, it like if you could do free anything rain, what would you do? I think I would kind of I was going to I quite like it as it is but maybe go for a kind of 
angelic kind of thing maybe some gold and silver and it's one of those it's, it's one of those kits where the wings are so big and so heavy that you need to base your pose around the wings you can't put it in just a standing with a gun mm. pose the wings are massive they are huge they're so heavy but I, I think something like an iconic Gundam wing pose might be nice or yeah, yeah like you said something based around a, an angelic just paint it all white just have it Saint, doing the sign of the cross maybe a crow custom <laughs> For all our crow, the crow fans listening, it, it can't war all the time. <laughs> I think the I think the crow is actually a pretty good. <laughs> Come on, Gundam Wing is not as edgy as the crow. That I was going to be your I think the crow is actually a fairly good fit for no, Gundam Wing. Yeah, Come on, I think, the, I think the crow a, is the origin of edge. I think it's like there's a there's a Venn diagram. It's like people who like Gundam Wing, people who like the crow. And it's like a perfect circle. <laughs> and they also like a perfect circle. <laughs> <laughs> Summon Skulls asks, most you've ever spent on a single gun plot and was it worth it? Well, my answer is easy. The uh, crossbow next to. And, be- and because I've spent so much on it, I'm still afraid to build up. <laughs> I've actually... So, no. <laughs> yeah, so don't know. Because I've mainly been a high grade kind of guy and a real grade guy, I think the most I've ever... St- end up spending on a kit was either the P Bandai Crossbone Kai, um, which was like forty something quid. These crossbones. Um, obviously quite dis- I think we've talked about the bin bag cape in the past. It wasn't mm. worth it was pretty much just the crossbone next one with the bin bag. Uh wasn't really worth it. Quite disappointing. It was just a like I already had the crossbone Mao, which I think is actually a far more exciting fun kit. Um, and it was basically a very similar mould to that, but with a bit of plastic cape. Uh-oh. It would be that, or <laughs> went to uh, Comic-Con two years ago, and just in a kind of fit of excitement spent, I think it was about a similar amount of money. Well, actually, no, really mid-30s, I spent on a high-grade Sazabi, which I, at first I was disappointed with, because it is just a big block of red as a high-grade, but I eventually customised it and made it look quite cool. So I redeemed it, but it was quite a lot of money to spend on a high-grade. Um, but again, as we were talking about earlier, it's just kind of the immediacy of seeing a kit. I spent want. about, I got the Master Grade Banshee like just when the OVA version came out, so I spent about uh, £50 on it shipped. But I mean, it was worth it. It's a very robust kit. It comes in a massive box. So, hmm. um, Well, there's always that. <laughs> if the kit didn't work out. Well, it means, nice it means there's box. lots of parts at least. So <laughs> It's like when you're spending that much money on a Master Grade and it has as many gimmicks as the Unicorn of the Banshee does, I don't really grudge yeah, it. It's the good thing about the, I mean, the Unicorn is the suit, but the good thing about the Banshee is it comes with all the Unicorn runners, not that you're going to make a black Unicorn enemy, but then you get the big the, the VN stuff, like the big rail gun and nah. the big claw hand, and that's mm. really cool. I really like the Unicorn rail gun, yeah. Yeah, and the kind of transforming gimmick in that, so mm. it was expensive, but it was worth it. also got that... That P Bandai Astrea was about thirty forty pound, but yeah, I'm like still in the process of building that. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, I, I think if something can't take it with you, huh? If something's <laughs> rare anyway, then you can be like bury me with sure. my master grade banshee. <laughs> but I've I the keep, runners at least. I keep toying with the idea of buying that um, the master grade white Zeta like the Amaro Zeta from oh, Evolve yeah. that's a pretty good I mean idea. that's an expensive kit that's like £60 £70 yeah. 
So maybe it's cheaper to just make it yourself out of. Well, so that you, <laughs> I'm not, not from not right at the foundry, but you, you, you can you can paint the paint the regular Zeta and buy mm. the water slides for yeah, half the yeah. price. But yeah, it seems this is gonna be more fun actually than just building. I think I'm I'm pretty sure the only difference with the runner is it comes with an Amaro instead. You could see that as a little project, Camille. But I don't know, mate. It's it's nice. Little, little project. It's nice. Huh? I'd say go for it. We got good nice. I want that grey Zeta as well. I want all the evolved Zetas, but they're all heinously expensive, <laughs> and they come with ass loads of stickers, which it's not what you want from a seventy. Start a Zeta game. squad. Be great. Mm-hmm. Kev a Zeta shelf and a Cubile yeah. shelf. You know. Yeah, the only <laughs> thing I'm missing from Zeta is the Kyakushiki. The thing that's really so, annoying me is the best high grade Kyakushiki comes in that Griffos War set, mm. and it's like I don't want the high grade yes, Zeta you do. in the high grade Mark Two. I want that. I want that Revive Mark Two. The Revive Mark. Uh, I think someone we know has got the Revive Mark to. I Graham got it. Graham, Graham got, got it. Yeah. I want to get it. It looks very anime, which will go nicely with the Cubile. Yeah. Because that's the problem with the real grade now is it doesn't look so anime next to the Cubile and that. Yeah, I'm satisfied with the real grade Mark Two, which is probably ah, my favourite kit. Yeah. So that'll that, probably be my next one. Yeah. That upsets me that you know there are so many Hyakushikis, and the one that looks <laughs> best is the Master Grade, but. I just I want the Zeta suits. I want them all to be the same scale. There's <laughs> so much to ask. And the Z the Z crew is definitely like the best lineup. And folk are like, oh, just get a Yakushiki, just a regular one, and paint it. It's like I don't have time. The only thing I have time to do is buy kits. I don't have time to build them. Hurry, <laughs> sit down. Them. <laughs> He's up. Nah, you would have heard the chair, man. Just throw <laughs> the, you're you're editing the podcast, no, so you can you can put a chair. Put in papers being thrown. The R thirty five dom's just been fired across the room. Punch it's sound Put a hole in the wall. <laughs> so yeah, we've probably spent a lot of money on individual yeah. kits, I guess. Uh Drone Robots asks, what Gundam character or characters do you think you would be able to get on with in real life? <laughs> Not Haman, as much as it pains me to say it. Haman would totally dominate you would know you would nowhere be nowhere near Haman's level. She would just completely dominate you in every sense. Well, imagine imagine I'm... Richie's chat but about Haman. She's think... too cool for guys like us. <laughs> I think I talked about it before this problem with like oh wouldn't it be nice to chat with Haman but I would have that problem of you dropped a colony on <laughs> where I live <laughs> so, you, you killed my mammy so like so you have to have the big chat <laughs> who would be killing I feel like Carol. I feel like I could talk to Camille no you couldn't I could I Camille's could. going through too much I think the original white base crew most of them were pretty good I'd like to hang out with you Hi, Kai well, maybe not Ka- Kai would we just kind of leave say, right? oh, I'd hang could you not have I think Kai's a wee bit too well I, too boisterous for you I'd hang out with Fro Fro I am mm. why not just hold hands like. <laughs> Fro Mirai I don't know that'd be good guys bring it in Say, okay. hang, maybe hanging with Sailor, but Sailor's getting close to Haman tier of being too, like, on another level. You would just feel so inadequate. You would. This is turning into the dick kicking. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is. Um, I'm no Slager, I can say that much. <laughs> Jim Parvis, Chun Lee player. <laughs> um, no, the thing with Camille is at the start of the series, definitely. He'd be he'd be stressful. Mm. We think once but, he's kind of mature, you know, work on. You're talking post Zeta. You feel like you could hang out with him. <laughs> just cuddle just up in like, bed together. The double Zeta. Bring crew, him his maybe. meals. Judo, Rue, 
the other guys whose names I can't remember know, anymore. Judo Kildur. Could hang around with best, mate, most of the characters from Build Fighters because oh, yeah. they're just ah, lovely they're just people. Us. Oh, they're just Ral, Ralson. <laughs> he's only well, he's only thirty-five. He's quite close to us in age. Actually, we'd probably get along. What's the Rinko? Want to be friends with Rinko? Yeah, Gianco. <laughs> what the boss is flustered. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, I'm trying to think of other series. Any, anyone want to hang out with any of the Gundam Wing Oof. teams? We so talk about on another oh, yeah. level. That would just <laughs> on your best mates from you Wing. Can be in a band with Troa. <laughs> <laughs> talk about guys who would be. They'd just be too busy watching the crow just from over and over again. <laughs> I could be mates with Duo. What about? I suppose. They are in Bloody Orphans guys, but they are basically murderers. Be mates with Lauren, like Lauren, yeah, yeah. I would, I would love some, to be friends with Lauren. Yeah. Have <laughs> some, be just so nice. Have some bread in a field with Lauren. Watch the cows go by. Oh, oh, that would be lovely. Yes, that'd be great. We're, we're kind of getting into why turn A is so good and so lovely. Can't wait for the turn A episode, mm. aka everyone loves Lauren. <laughs> We got there's a whole bunch of questions here from Chopamon, um, so I'll, I'll bash through a couple of them quickly. Okay. When is Guy Woodward going to be a guest? Never. <laughs> no. Someday. Um, is Topless Orga the hottest Gundam character? No. No. Very. We think. I think you can tell from what our previous conversation who is. Or <laughs> Lauren. Who, Lauren. <laughs> but we didn't even mention Garma. Garma's oh, high. All right. Let's go back. Let's go back. <laughs> I should be Garma. Garma. I think Garma, Garma would be quite easy to get along with. He's fairly. Garma needs a friend who doesn't want to kill him. Mm. That only seems fair. Yeah, that would be good. I think you'd I'd... go around to Garma's hostel and Dozel like... would be quite cool to hang out with as well. Actually, I think. Imagine if Dozel was like your mate. <laughs> That'd be great. Imagine going to the pub with Dozel. That'd be fucking brilliant. <laughs> we didn't even mention Ral. Ral. Imagine Ral was Ra- right. Yep, Ral and Hamon would be pretty good going to the going to the pub, going out for a nice Sunday dinner with Hamon and Ral. Oh, you'd be sitting there trying to enjoy uh, the carvery. Ral would definitely be into a carvery, but you'd have Haman Haman doing that little bit of flirting <laughs> that she does like with Amro, and you'd be sitting there. You're, you're going to get in the knife every couple. Ral's gonna Ral's gonna beat me up. Stop. He's Stop totally fine. Because he's such a nice guy, he's totally fine. But he's... We haven't talked about the problem of being mates with Char and every single day being like... He's going to kill me. Is he going to kill me? Also, is he good? Is he evil? No, he's bad. He's a bad Is he Quattro bad today? Is he a Char? No. Too stressful. That's the problem. Yeah, it would be... Who is it? One split personality. So... I'm trying to think who else. I think we've kind of detoured back. I think we just want to talk about every character yeah. all Gundam. Um, on to Chopamon's um, sort of more answerable questions. Um, not yeah, up your Chopamon. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Chopamon's a, a solid gold question asker, but um, he asks, I really like the personal down-to-earth style of Iron-Blooded Orphans. Any other Gundam series like that? Uh, MS Team, I guess. Fairly gritty, realistic. Yeah. War in the Pocket, again, fairly down-to-earth. Gundam X has a kind of similar vibe to Iron-Blooded Orphans, where it's kind of post-apocalypse rundown. Uh, I think, actually, yeah, I think probably Gundam X would probably be the closest in feel to Iron-Blooded Orphans. Yeah, I think MS Team's a pretty solid recommendation Mm -hmm. for that kind of thing. Camaraderie and all that. Mm -hmm. 
Callum Gunn asks, I can't choose my next real grade. Please help. What? What was that word? Can. He, I can a. Can Excuse me. <laughs> oh, can you not see it? You're over here. I can a choose my there next go. RG. There we go. Please help. <laughs> Still saying it like RG though. Or R- 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 RG. Um, I'm going to suggest you buy the real grade Exia because I think Exia is very good. Exia is real grade is very cool. I've not got it, but I like Exia is a good suit. Although, if you're sticking to Gumpel Duff rules, it has to be something you watch. This <laughs> is just me on my quest to get more people to watch Double O again. But <laughs> Mark II, obviously, I always bring it up. Uh, He's like got Mark II, though, is he not? Oh, is right, what okay. he got? Uh, real grade is Zagok's quite fun. Oh, um, Zagok's will be very different from. Oh, yeah, it's very unusual. Very strange. Well, not strange, but it's a fair bit different from any other kind of kit. Don't get a Zaku. I've recently discovered a love for Zagok. Hmm? I Zagok's really great. like Zagok. Love Zagok. I Zagok's might good. get the it's, real grade Zagok. It's like a lot of those uh, aquatic suits from the middle of the Mobile Suit Gundam are. A bit dodgy, but this Gog's mm. kind of the survivor of that. Um, Don't doesn't Shar actually say in the origin, like when he sees a Gog, mm-hmm. like that's ugly. I think the oh, is Gog, that what Zork he's talking about. I, or, I think or the, Zork. The, there's a, definitely a scene where he sees the Zork and he's like, "This thing's sh- stupid." I think he <laughs> may actually slag the Gog as well. Um, fucking dare you! <laughs> and the Zork, the Zork and the Gog get slight reasonings for the origin that make them a wee bit better. Actually, I love the idea he says that, and then in uh, Bill Orchica's children, he gets into the Nightingale, and there's a <laughs> sad trombone sound effect. <laughs> You've lived long enough to pilot a fucking ugly mobile suit. <laughs> he gets in fucking Zeong as well. Come on, come on. Man. It's like, yeah, well, it's like that yeah. was the latest thing. This might be controversial, but I really don't like Zeong. No, I don't think so. Hey, this time next gets, year, all mobile suits won't have legs anymore. <laughs> Remember that, off, chat? Similar to that, but Zeon gets slagged off in the anime as well. He's it just looks like, like, a, it looks like a legs. crash dummy. It's got yeah, it's kind of crash I don't like the face, thing. and I think the, the hands are lame. I quite like the hands. It's got, it's like, got the, the big goof hands. It's got the goof hands, I yeah. like those hands. Well, but yeah, it's not it a, is sort of a shame that Shar's big... Climactic, like, yeah. The climactic battle. Especially since... That's got some of the Gundam's best moments. Uh, like just seeing it getting completely. It's Charles mobile shooting and mm. mobile suit Gundam are basically on a decline. He starts with a Zaku, which is perfect. Zagok, great. Gelgook, okay. Zeong, pish. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, Zeong that's pish. a pretty. That's an interesting point, actually. Maybe it's actually maybe it's actually a metaphor for his declining mental and. And then Rick Diaz is like. Yeah, off the chart straight back up and then nah. Yakushiki his best good, his best weapon is of course bazooka <laughs> but we'll let that we'll let the viewers <laughs> find out for themselves get the Exia uh, Callum gun that's my recommendation yeah okay I would, I'd say yeah Exia probably get the choice um, are you going to the recently cancelled G-Con didn't even know it was cancelled didn't even know it was I only found out tonight same. I'm, I'm, I'm on those. I'm on those Facebook Gundam groups, like the buy sell one and the modders one. Yeah. I'm sorry if you're in it and you like it. It's a bit dry. They're a bit dry. Those groups, like not having much fun. I mean, the guys on it. The guys on it are amazing. Like a lot of those guys, so good. The stuff they make is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like all of the lot, total pros. But just the chat on there is is very dry. Oh. Very very dry. Maybe I'm just too frivolous for this hobby. <laughs> but you know. 
Well, I mean, not everyone can be Gumbler Dust memories. But I think I think G-Con was going to be one of those things. G-Con was doomed from the moment we said we probably weren't going. It could have been <laughs> saved. It could have been saved if we just committed Uh-oh. to a meet and greet and a panel and an after show. And when you think about how I'm going to tour our own horns here. But when you think about it's how... There's a lot of self-congratulation on this episode. I know, but we are. We are the best. Now that he's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you see how in, how people have been encouraged to get into it, having listened to the podcast, I think about like that dryness and not as welcoming sort of mm. fan that you mentioned. Imagine this podcast, but three people who were like that I think it would be if it got a bit too mm, real fans only guys we, we're at the luxury of um, our podcast is about Gumpla and Gundam but I think like minded people will mm. listen to yeah. it because yeah. you know our, us speaking is our personality and people who like that will listen to it and so on so not we're, we're not kind of cherry picking the mm. people who like it but we'll get like minded people where I think if you have a con for just a hobby there's going to be a pretty widespread mm. people there. Like on one of those groups there was some guy complaining about those bloody Japs. And I was oh. just like can I can't in the hand I can't do them. this. I can't be around this. <laughs> and apologies to anyone who listened to this segment and thought these guys are really up their own I know I know <laughs> nothing against anyone nothing against but anyone uh, at all I'm, I think it's all the people you're talking about for 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I, I think they're fine I think like, like I said I'm just it's not for me sometimes I think it's a bit dry I think it's a shame to hear that uh, like I wasn't I wasn't going cancelled. to G-Con but I did it's hope a, it's it a would... shame it wasn't successful because eventually they would have got to G-Con 45 <laughs> and that would have been a big deal for me <laughs> but like I wanted to see uh, like a Gundam-based event do well. That would have been nice. And uh, It's good they took the initiative to try and sort something out. To anyone listening who would like to get a successful Gundam event going, we are available uh, for panels. This, I, this, no, you've been masterminding this. He, he, no, he, he keeps no, going no, on about no. getting us to do a panel at an anime con. The panel, we could call it. No, 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 Gunpla Does Memories panel. Line. Well, it sounds like Jim doesn't want to yeah. go, but maybe no, um, well, the she, boss. We'll, we'll get Graham. Your, do you think? Do you think Graham will be get, available? Graham. Oh, okay, Graham could. Graham do might not Jim. knock over the microphone. At least. <laughs> oh, oh wow! Well. Just for, for anyone that is curious, Jim did knock over the microphone yeah, I did, earlier, I did, earlier on. I was, I was touching it. We'll Just super cut of doof, 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 doof. Uh, To be fair, Gcon, from what I understand, from reading up on it, the main blocker for them was Bandai weren't playing ball on things like media. Fuck's sake, uh, really? Bandai wouldn't let them. They were going to do some films, they were going to do some episodes. I think they wanted to do some prizes that were associated with Bandai and Bandai. Why not? Big... Because there are so many officially sanctioned Bandai. I think a place yeah. like Singapore and that. I don't all. know. They just they put not a big plastic <laughs> hammer. They just went, Byron, we're not getting it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what tends to happen and what's usually going on behind the scenes with that is what they want is if there's going to be a Gundam convention or a Gundam convention, we want to be in charge. Mm. So, yeah, I think it was something along those lines. Um, so hopefully they can get that sort of A lot of these more unpleasant companies feel like we, they're happier it not happen at all rather than, yeah. which is a shame. Didgeridunt asks, least favourite mass production suit? Mass production? <laughs> <laughs> mass. I'm having trouble. 
Didgeridunt asks... It's tough at the top, Owen, oh, isn't it? It's lonely. The pressure's lonely. up there. It's not so easy. Least favourite mass production suit? I feel very strongly about the Zaku 3 and how much of a wasted opportunity yeah, it is. it's bad. Um, on similar lines, Zaku Warrior from Seed. Uh, it's like a very bad version of a Zaku. Live concert version. Live though. concert version maybe redeems it a bit, but the generic Zaku Warrior just feels like a... a it's like they wanted to have Zaku's again, but they couldn't think of a good design. What about you? What do you think? I'm not sure. Uh, maybe those wing ones. That I, the Leo? I don't know. I I can't think of any that oh. I don't like. Because I, I haven't I haven't watched enough bad Gundam. Because <laughs> I like the GM. You better not be thinking about the Leo. Some of the What's some the of the grunt suits in Double O are a bit hard to care about. Is it the Tyrans or the kind yeah, of Desert ones? Yeah, those are not great. Generic. I don't love those. Graham White asks. Have you ever thought about fully customising a kit to make an entirely new design, i.e. things like colour scheme, armour, heads, etc.? I've thought about it, but from knowing some people that do that, they post up, oh, just starting a new custom, and it's like their orders come and they bought the same high grade four times mm-hmm. just to get enough bits to... Mm. I mean, how do you even go about planning out a design if you don't have the kits in the first Gundam place? Gundam Breaker 3. Just well, yeah, <laughs> it seems like a very... I'd love to do it, it'd be so good, but it seems like a very expensive thing yeah. trying to pull parts together from our kits I don't feel that inspired Like, well maybe it's just because I don't have division but I feel like I can't think of a kit bash that I would want to do the closest I ever came was I noticed that the G-Self and the Crossbone Mal were a very similar size and I kind of fancied making some kind of pirate G-Self mm-hmm. which I kind of messed about with my Mal and my G-Self and tried it out and it seemed like it would work but I just was too lazy to, co- to commit to it good to work it. in mm-hmm. one of those Lego cannons <laughs> Those are always good. You put oh, back the kit, kit bashing when non, well, like non Gundam stuff. Yeah, once you spray it all the same, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> now, so I think for me, the closest I would be, if I was ever to try it, I would probably go and try and make this pirate G self. But I'm not super. I like doing custom color schemes. I've done that a few times now, but um, I've never done a full kit bash with custom colors or anything like that. If yes. someone can think of a good idea, I might try my hand at it. If I someone's sometimes more imagination. have ideas, but it, again, it's the thing of you would... If you lived in Japan and you had Japanese prices same, yeah. on kits, it'd be far more tempting. Just wander shop and you can see every kit in front of you as well. Mm. Um, Chewy Bitems asks, on average, how long does it take to make each grade kit and how tall slash big are they in height rather than scale? Thanks. Um, we'll answer the height conundrum yeah. first because it really varies because at the start of Gundam everything's pretty short but then by the end of Universal Century everything's pretty massive yeah, and then after that they get short again it's hard to say a high grade is X for, for example like my high grade said this, we said this before but my high grade Rosen Zulu is the same height as my yeah. master grade crossbone my like biggest if, kit is an SD oh yeah the Zeon mm-hmm. so but I'll, I'll go and get the ruler okay <laughs> do, do, do. Here we go, Barry's. I think Barry's going to measure the R thirty-five, which I'm is a tip. I see it's a typically sized mobile suit, so well, you can it's, use that. it's a seventy-nine suit, so they're about as short as they get. It's just over six inches. Go, so stuff it. from sort of early UC is going to be about six inches, ranging up to maybe about eight to nine, eight-ish, eight, nine-ish. You get for... your exceptions like the Sazabi, which is like ten, maybe. Yeah, well, I don't think it's quite ten. That no, basically it's. It's very mixed. Uh, yeah, so I mean, your average high grade is going to be about six inches, and then your average master grade is probably going to be about 
tenish inches. Yeah, that like, sounds about right. I mean, the Banshee stands almost like an inch and a half above the crossbone for those two master grades that we're looking at right now. But and then SDs are maybe sort of four to five inches. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, it varies though. The best thing to do is go on Dalong because Dal what Dalong does is he builds it and then puts it next to a cigarette packet. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a good visual reference because he uses the same packet of bags for it. I think kits from 1999. It's the exact same packet. <laughs> In terms of how long they take, it can it can vary. It depends on how into a kit you are. I built that in basically one day, mm-hmm. whereas like the the high new took me months because it was a much longer process because I painted it and put yeah decals on it and stuff. But I guess on average, a couple of days for a high grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, master grade might take closer to a week if you're maybe only doing like a couple hours a night. You'll see some people can do them very, very quickly. I would say it just yeah, depends on I how think much I'm pretty can. slow to be honest. I'm, I'm quite slow, but I enjoy taking my time with it because it's I enjoy the process. I, I the, the end, obviously I love having completed Gundams, but I like to revel in the actual creative process a wee bit. How how, how long's a piece of string? I guess. Is, yeah, it's kind of like that. I mean, but yeah, I mean, hopefully that was informative in terms of size. I guess, <laughs> but uh, Dalong, go and look on Dalong, and then you'll see the the classic cigarette packet. Last question comes from Fee McMillan, who wants to know, um, are there any Lady Gumpa communities, or are we, hopefully, beyond that? Um, I don't know of any. I know uh, I know a lot of girls is, on here that do There build. is one on Facebook with not many members and not a lot of activity, but active. it is uh, Gumpa Girls. There are there are girls on uh, anime Twitter, Gundam Twitter, that do build Gumpa, and we know a bunch mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Um, we kind of hope that our wee Gumpel Dust community is nice. We're all fairly nice yeah. people. It's a pretty nurturing community. I mean, there's a lot of Gumpla Twitters that post like, pro shit, man. But we'll retweet <laughs> basically anything that anyone's built because it's nice to see what folk yeah. are building anyway. Even if, I mean, I, in some ways I appreciate just as much someone who's just snapped together a basic kit and had loads of fun. That's as exciting to me as someone who's went right. all the way on So, it. I mean, if you're, looking to, if you're looking for folk to talk to about it, give me me or Jim or Owen a tweet for starters and then yeah. I'm sure more folk will join in. You can get Jim at uh, Let's Hug Bro. You can get me at No Stopping Epoch. At Mecha Gamezilla. See, the, there's there's the Mecha Gamezilla wall. You need to breach that. It's like, do people really feel comfortable reaching out to YouTube <laughs> sensation Mecha Gamezilla? <laughs> I've just built this kit. Do, do you like it? No you change your bio from Gamer Shamer <laughs> to Gunpla Shamer. I've replied to any Gunpla related stuff I've been sent. Anything about games, I probably don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not a source for games. If any of our info. listeners do know about any kind of you know girl based Gunpla groups on Twitter, Facebook, uh, give us a shout anyway and we can pass them along to. And so that brings us to the end. I've taken charge again. Oh, <sighs> my reins. Um, ah, yeah. Taking the commander horn off of Owen, put it on Barry. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Um, so that's it again for another. Um, ah, I'm going to Japan. Yeah, I'm going to Japan uh, in May. We're not. So I'll bring you back some badges. <laughs> I'll bring you back. Uh, I'll bring you back a, a strike. Badge. I'll bring you back an Exia badge. Ah. I'll bring you back all your favourite guns. Can I get a, a Vernier mug? Absolutely not. I've got this perfect grade I've been meaning to get. Could you maybe Absolutely pick it up Now that I know how to use the post office, I'll be... Oh, you'd unlock the power. I'll be filling up, but nah, so I will have more exciting Gundam chat for you when I get yeah. back to Japan. But you can Check out the new Gundam cafe. Where is it? 
it's uh, in Osaka. It's not in. It? Yeah, it's the first one outside of Tokyo. You're no, not. You're not going to Osaka. I won't be leaving. Yes. Going that far. <laughs> better, better, <laughs> better, better boys over here. Wow, thanks, no, thanks, yeah. guys. No. I'm sure. Now that you've said that, I'm going to specifically <laughs> <laughs> take a bullet train to the Gundam Cafe. What? Hope you enjoy it. I hope you manage to get mm-hmm. lots of Gundam sights in. Is there any specific Gundam things you had in mind this time? Yeah, Ifrit uh, Kai will be out around about that time. Ah, so okay. that, cool and then I'm sure Gyan is out around about that time as well. So. Okay. Excellent. So lots of nice stuff to look forward to. Are you spending a lot of time in Yodabashi? Soaking in that <laughs> theme tune? <laughs> Please no. <laughs> like, I'm going with my girlfriend, so the last thing I want to do is subject her to four hours of Yodabashi camera. And yet. <laughs> and yet. I'm sure it will happen. But Right, well, as always, get in touch if you want to talk about Gundam, because we like to talk about it. Send us some pictures. Yep. We already welcome. told you where you can get us on Twitter, mm-hmm. and we'll be back very soon. And thank you, as always, for listening. Oh, what's going to play us out this time? Playing us out this time is... A man with silent voice. As voted for by Jim Purvis. <laughs> Yay! From Zeta Gundam. No. No. From Try again. Double Zeta Gundam. There, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Good ending, boss. <laughs> <laughs>